talk about it uh, on the interwebs, into the ether of the internet and all of its glory, and talk it with talk it out with you, fine folks, on Facebook, where uh, a lot of you guys are. A lot of people who have liked the Pod Cavern are on Facebook, and I said, hey, let's give it back to the people. Let's stream directly to you. So yeah, that's what we're doing here today. Uh, we'll also be probably uh, making a podcast feed of it. So if you haven't had, you know, since it's a live stream show, you guys might be driving home from work. You might miss this entire conversation, might not be part of it. Uh, but I figured, hey, why don't we make a separate podcasting uh, feed for later? And you can Give me all your thoughts about that later, too. So today's episode of Talking Tongue, we're looking at this. Look at this. We're looking at God of War, Deadpool 2, and Solo, a Star Wars story. Now, we're kind of, uh, the idea is to make a roundup of uh, my favorite pop culture topics that has recently, uh, that are recent. Uh, so... I've been playing a lot of God of War. I've been, I just watched Deadpool 2, and last night I saw Solo, a Star Wars story. So I have a lot to say about all of it. Uh, please feel free to chime in. I'm sure you have uh, quite a bit to say about that as well. Uh, but I want to start off with uh, Deadpool. Uh, oh, well, before I start with that, I'll just say that these are just random thoughts. I really spent more time uh, cr- trying to figure out how the live stream would work rather than thinking about what I was going to say. So good luck, I guess, to me. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I also like to thank Sam, Mantha, Sam, Mantha, Sam, Mantha, Samantha Leggett, uh, once again, for making the artwork for the Podcavern. She's done so much, so many amazing things. She's actually been on the podcast of Ranked. uh, But once again, she she created... uh, awesome awesome podcast artwork for us uh and there you go she made it out of this little drawing i did out of uh, crayon and the end product i think is pretty cool so let's get going on we're talking about deadpool 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 so i'm just gonna pull this up here ah see look at that still trying to get used to this whole live producing thing Anyways, so uh, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, uh, wow, okay, so I thought this show, or this movie was awesome, uh, you know, the very first Deadpool came out, and it opened big, it, it was made out of like 50, 60 million dollars, and it was one of the biggest things that has come out in, for, for comics in general, for especially R-rated comics, uh, comic book movies. Uh, so that was two years ago when we had Deadpool 1, made by, directed by Tim Miller, and now we have Deadpool 2, uh, which is directed by a separate guy, David Leach. David Leach, I don't know exactly how to say it, uh, but it's been two years since the original Deadpool, and here we are, uh, kind of afraid of the merc with the mouth that maybe he just would break the fourth wall too many times, and it, it wouldn't be that funny anymore, but here we are, uh, and it turns out, spoilers, that Deadpool 2 is actually a good movie. It's actually really fun. Uh, just going to say hi to my good friend Jordan Gooding over here. Hello. I'm your daddy. Yes, I am. <laughs> um yeah, so Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Uh, I would say that 
and and I, I want to make it clear that I'll do my best not to spoil the movie. So if I'm going to get into spoilers, I'm going to put up this little spoiler image right here. See that? Look at that. I'll try to put a little sound effect here that says, ah, spoilers are coming. Uh, I'll do my best to get on top of that. Uh, but I really felt like it's really hard to tell the difference between Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. Where does Ryan Reynolds begin and where does Deadpool end? They're basically the same person nowadays. Uh and it's it's great. It's it. I can't even imagine a better person to play Deadpool. Uh, this movie uh, was met with a lot of praise and well deserved because it's it's a funny movie. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to start the summer. Uh, and in my opinion, is Deadpool one or Deadpool two better? I would say I probably had more shock and awe with Deadpool one, so that made it probably. Still, my favorite Deadpool movie is the first one, but I, I still really enjoyed uh, my time with Deadpool 2. Uh, I guess the common criticism was that Deadpool breaks the fourth wall too much. He's a bit too meta, but it's, I mean, that's kind of what you signed up for when you watch that movie. So if that's not for you, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of good action to be had in that movie. Uh, and yeah, I, I believe the director, David Leach, he... Uh, directed Atomic Blonde, which I didn't see. It's that uh, the female John Wick with uh, Charlize Theron, and uh, so the actual like hand-to-hand -hand combat in this movie is freaking awesome. Uh, I won't do a recap of the movie because I, I don't really want to spoil it. But I guess the whole movie in general is Deadpool is trying to find out what it's like to have a family or. Uh, what is family all about? So he pitches it and tells the audience that this is a family film uh, and that he should care about this uh, new mutant, Russell Collins, a.k.a. Fire Fist. Uh, great name, great name. If I was a superhero, I would probably end up calling myself Fire Fist. Very, very on the nose with that one. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's done... Uh, I forget the actor's name. Julian Dennison or something like that. He's like a New Zealand actor in one of my favorite films that's come out in the last couple of years uh, by Taika Waititi, the guy that did Thor Ragnarok and What We Do in the Shadows, that vampire mockumentary. But Julian Dennison was in another Taika Waititi movie, and that was um, Hunt for the Wilder People. So when they said they were bringing in this kid uh, to play Fire Fist, I was like, I'm on board. This kid is awesome and he is he's he just has he's 15 years old and he has the comedic chops of someone who's far older and far wiser than him or probably but this kid it, he's amazing I, I i loved it i loved it and uh let's talk a little bit about you know cable because cable is kind of like the new introduction of uh, yes joseph wilder people represent i agree isn't it a great movie it's awesome um i was gonna say ah joe you distracted me Oh, Cable. Cable. Yes, Cable. So, Cable, uh, in the comic books, it's a, I'm glad they didn't spend too much time on Cable in the comics, or how he's represented in the comics, because Cable uh, is kind of a complicated backstory in the comics. He's basically Cyclops' son. Uh, so, uh, Cable's name's Nathan Summers, Scott Summers' son. And he's the offspring of, I believe, Jean Grey's clone or something weird like that. And Cable has something called the Technovirus. So he has like this metallic arm, this robot arm that you've seen in the, the trailers now. And, uh, and 
they send them to the future to fight off this virus or something like that. And all this comic book bullshit that they don't explain at all in this movie. All you have to know is Cable's in the future. He's dark. He's brooding. They make a joke about that. He's really meta and that uh, he's like a DC character, which I thought was really funny. And yeah, just going back to like how funny this movie is, like they they lean hard on the humor and the comedy and they do that in the first movie but in this movie they spend a lot of time trying to uh interestingly enough kind of flesh out deadpool's character not just being like this just a jokester they really try to they give him kind of a loss at the beginning of the movie and then throughout the movie he's just trying to develop as a character even though he's still kind of quippy and stuff which i really liked um but anyways, going back to Cable, I, I thought they just did a really great job with him. I would have liked to seen more Cable, and I guess we will. Uh, I've heard Fox, depending on how this Fox-Disney deal goes down, they said that the next Deadpool movie was probably going to be uh, an X-Force movie. Wakanda Forever. Uh, I wish they made a Wakanda Forever joke, because Deadpool literally does this in the movie. Uh, they're going to do an X-Force movie and focus more on like the team aspect. Uh, and then... Uh, that way we'll see even more cable. Uh, so let's see. What else did I write here? I guess we're kind of go into like spoiler territory. So I'll just go ahead and put up that spoiler image. Oops. Crap. Nope. There we go. Hang on. Oh, man. Oh, see, technical difficulties all around, folks. Let's just move some stuff around. Um, this. There we go. And if I put this up here, this is what happens when you live produce something. Look at that. All that technical difficulty just for that. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think I just drive everyone insane down there. Um, let's see. Hey, Laura, currently biting me. Oh, trip. I miss that cat. I'm just talking about Joe's cat on Facebook Live here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I want to get into a little bit of uh, spoiler territory here. I'll just flash this button a little bit. Uh, and I'm just going to talk about, like, my favorite parts of the movie. So I thought, uh, uh, first of all, the James Bond opening I thought was really cool. So, spoilers, uh, Marina Baccarin's character dies uh, very early in the movie, uh, which some people are like, an outrage oh my god you killed off a main character right off the get-go but i mean she's kind of like the driving force between or for why deadpool is trying to do what he does throughout the movie and she comes up quite a bit throughout the movie uh let's see there's a really cool action scene with domino where she's kind of like her superpower is luck which could be kind of cheesy but they pull it off really well here when everything misses her and she can shoot every shot and she's really good at driving uh there is a secret cameo with juggernaut so, uh, everyone's favorite juggernaut. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. He says something like that in X-Men Origins or something like that. But anyways, they bring back juggernaut. Uh, Charles Xavier's brother, uh, who's huge. He's a CGI character. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was a, quite an awesome cameo for another X-Men character. And there's another... They make a joke about, we have the budget this time for more X-Men characters. I think the budget of this movie was like twice the amount, like $110 million or something like that. But they actually have a, a cameo of all the other X-Men who are like kind of hiding in the door, which was a really fun part. Um, 
let's see what else do i have here uh dopinder he's a taxi cab driver on the first movie uh thought that guy was really fun he he has a really cool kind of mini arc where he just wants to be a superhero uh and he has some really fun fun moments uh and here's a super spoiler so i'm gonna go ahead and flash this button a couple more times spoiler 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 is that they build they built up the X-Force a lot in the trailers. They, they did. They, they're like, the X-Force is the new thing. You see in the posters, you see footage of Shatterstar, that the Louis Tan's character fighting with swords, his crazy hair, and everyone else doing this crazy stuff. Uh, and as soon as you... They have the recruitment of the X-Force, which is awesome. And then you have that plane sequence where everyone jumps out of the plane with our good guy, Peter... Uh, who's just the regular human being on the X-Force. Uh, and they instantly kill everyone. So I, I I died laughing just seeing that part. I mean, I can't believe how much marketing they put into the X-Force and Terry Crews being like, I love being part of this movie, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, within like 10 minutes of the X-Force being introduced, they don't actually get to accomplish much. They jump out of the plane and they all die brutal deaths, uh, which made for uh, one of the best gags I've seen in movies in a long time. Uh, the very ending is there's a time... like So they fix Cable's time travel kind of mechanism. And there's a really... like He say, he goes back and saves Vanessa, Marina Baccarin's character. But they also save Peter, one of the X-Force guys, that, that regular guy. But there's a really fun, fun part where they go back in time and they use footage of X-Men Origins uh, and, and kill off uh, the really terrible Deadpool. So that was good on Fox for recognizing how bad that X-Men Origins movie was and how completely butchered they did Deadpool in that movie. Uh, and so this Deadpool goes back, kills this Deadpool or X-Men Origins Deadpool. And it's just fun stuff. Uh, and then Deadpool goes back in time and kills himself. So super meta Ryan Reynolds kills himself and you see him like looking at like a green lantern kind of like script page. And he's like, this is genius. I'm going to make millions or whatever to that effect. And boom, um, he kills himself. So that's the end of the spoilers there. Uh, if anyone in the comments, let's check it out. It's just X-Force, not the X-Force. Who is this guy? Says Taylor Fleming. Uh, it's like uh, the X-Force. Yeah, I'm trying to make it like the Facebook where I'm Justin Timberlake and I just say drop the the. So you're, you're that. You're that guy. You're Justin Timberlake Taylor. Uh, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so without that further ado, let's move on. I'm going to close this guy here. If anyone wants to say anything about their favorite Deadpool moments, I'm all ears. I thought Teenage Negasonic Warhead was turning the time machine thing into Deadpool's comic book teleporter. Uh... I don't know that reference. You'll have to tell me a little bit more about that. I've only read a couple, couple Deadpool comics, so you have to elaborate that. Oh, Taylor Fleming, yes, friend of the show. He always wants to be referred to a friend of the show uh, to prove that he is friends. So um, I also want to, while they're kind of chatting it out in the comments here, I, I want to just bring up this here. I kind of pulled this up earlier, but... We have Celine Dion. She made a new song just for Deadpool. She has this amazing, pretty awesome James Bond-esque song. And we have Deadpool, like a Deadpool music video. And I'm going to fast forward a bit. 
you got Deadpool dancing around. And I have to say, above all else, I think even if you might be a little bit tired of Deadpool, I think the marketing on this character is just completely spot on. So marketing team, bravo. You did it. Awesome job. Some really good stuff. Okay. All right, Deadpool. I'm going to close you down here. And close. Let's see. Let's check back with chat here. His belt has a teleporter on it. DP teleports around and breaks shit, basically, I think. Joseph, Taylor, both friends of the show. Thank you for being, thank you for informing the audience about that. Uh, you might be right. You guys should be on Talking Tongue, the next Talking Tongue. Talking Taylor, jabbing, jabbering with Joe. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to something different here. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, a, a hit video game series. Uh, and hang on, let me just get a sip of water here. On an unedited podcast episode, there's not a lot of time to drink. You got to fill a lot of dead air. Um, so I'm not used to that. But here, uh, this podcast episode brought to you by Kombucha. Uh, Laura and I uh, made kombucha for the last 11 days now. She's really worrisome. Uh, and here it is. We made lemon and ginger kombucha. Um, I think it tastes pretty good. Laura thinks it tastes like syrup. She's wrong. It's good for you, I swear. Um, buy my kombucha. Um, $10.99 a bottle. Not actually. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I've been working on some fun, fun projects. Oh, damn, that's refreshing. Uh, real talk. I think it was the best for the series to make Reynolds share the screen. I agree. That's, that's completely true. Uh, I mean, too much Deadpool. There is such thing as too much Deadpool. I, w I would completely agree with that. Uh, imagine they did what Star Wars did, which we will talk in a bit, and make a Star Wars film every year. Well, they are doing that, but make a Deadpool movie every year. Be too much. Be too much. Uh, let's move on. I want to talk about God of War. Now, this technically is an April release, but I want to shoehorn a video game. And these days, I don't play a lot of video games. Um, I just bought myself a PlayStation 4 Pro, which I'm very excited about. about. Uh, and then two weeks later, the CEO of PlayStation is like, hey, I'm going to uh, just say right here, right now, that uh, I think the PlayStation 4 is on the last... Uh, last of its legs like this is the final phase of the playstation 4 and i'm like fuck but whatever uh i was able to play god of war which was very excited exciting and i mean looking forward to all the other games i missed out on in these last little while let's move a little bit um god of war uh let's see like this series has been on started i believe in the playstation 2 era uh where you got this really really angry uh greek soon-to-be god Kratos, uh, and he becomes the god of war. Spoilers for god of war, like, one. <laughs> uh, but it was incredible. Like, this is a series that nobody asked to be made. Like, when god of war 1, 2, and 3 came out, we're like, awesome. Even god of war 3, we're like, I'm kind of tired of this gameplay. Uh, by the end of it, I was like, all right, I'm satisfied, but, you know, I don't need to play another one for a while. And then two years later, they made like two more PSP games and then God of War Ascension, which is like this weird multiplayer game. I have no idea. Uh, and then people are like, hey, listen, Santa Monica, the studio, we're tired of this. We don't need to do this anymore. Uh, so when they announced this game, we're kind of people were like, I don't know how I feel about this. But uh, this game is probably the most popular 
console game because everyone knows the most uh the most popular game right now is like Fortnite and player ground player unknowns battlegrounds so PUBG uh but for like a single player experience we have this game which sold 5 million copies in its first month it's actually quite ridiculous and I was kind of wondering like where do you go you've literally killed Zeus uh at the end of God of War and they did something that not I've never seen any game do they kind of like all right well if Greek mythology exists in this world. How about on the other side of the world, Norse mythology exists in this world. So they can technically do God of War forever because they can just bring in whatever religion they want. Imagine Kratos going head to head with a giant Buddha and they're just fighting it out. That, that'd be kind of awesome. That'd be kind of awesome. Um, let's see here. Megan Murphy, make the rest of this about kombucha, please. That's what I came here for. Uh, Laura, if you're still listening, please send Murph a SCOBY. Uh, SCOBYs are like this weird bacteria fungus looking thing. They look gross. They feel gross. They're very slimy. Uh, but I'm telling you, it's the secret sauce for kombucha. Uh, <laughs> so moving on. Uh, so Again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory until the end. I'll put up a spoiler icon wherever. Is it this way? This way? I don't know. Uh, and I won't get too much into spoilers. But this 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 game is really about Kratos and how old he's gotten. You, he's grown a beard, for God's sake. Look at his kind of really old gray beard, kind of long and perfectly shaven. He's really good at shaving. He's really good at good trimming his beard. Uh but Kratos, he's kind of tired of it. He's like, I don't fucking want to fight anymore. This, I've killed so many people. There's been so much bloodshed. My family died in the first game, and that's I got all this revenge. Uh, and then at the very opening of the game, uh, you don't even get to see Kratos' wife. She's already dead, and her last wish is to... And it sounds kind of selfish, but her last wish is literally go to the highest point in all of the realms to spread my ashes and you're like, all right, am I climbing a little mountain? Am I climbing a hill? Whatever. No, they go on like a 30 plus hour journey just to, you know, spread Kratos's wife's ashes to the wind, which, you know, it goes to show how, you know, romantic he is. So uh, uh, kudos to him. And so throughout this journey, you see Kratos and Atreus. Uh, Atreus, like this young, young boy who's just learning how to fight, has never really talked to his father before. Uh, and, and you kind of just see their dynamic just grow drastically throughout this, this adventure here. Uh, you know, it's really, I find it really fun that Atreus is really well-educated. He knows how to read everything. And Kratos literally cannot read anything on the walls every time you look at like this ancient drawing or you could be like just the english alphabet kratos would be like what is this boy how do i read this thing oh god abc's are uh, stupid kratos i don't i just know how to fight Arr, angry um so that was really fun and he i think kratos says boy at least i don't know a thousand times throughout the entire game so uh it's very very entertaining we have a lot of fun um uh, side characters that show up in the game too we have two dwarves that look completely different one's blue one looks like a human Sindri and Brock which makes for a fun comedic duo which actually have their own arc throughout the uh, the game too uh, we have uh, Mimir which is like the severed head who just kind of joins uh, 
Atreus and Kratos throughout their journey. So that's really fun too. Uh, gameplay is really fun too. They're like, they changed everything about the gameplay in this game before it was like button mashing and uh, quick time events to kill all these big bosses, big spectacle. There's still that spectacle, but this game's a lot slower paced. Um, there's lots of puzzles, environmental puzzles. You throw your axe, by the way, the axe throwing in this game is the, the most satisfying gameplay element i've seen in video games in a long time uh the fighting's really fun once you get used to it it's it's really great uh the only thing i, I didn't really care for in this game even though it's getting perfect tens everywhere is crafting crafting you craft all your items you craft all your gear uh and you have kind of like a destiny dark souls kind of mishmash of upgrading your armor and that's how you fight too is dark souls esque so you'll be dying a lot uh but crafting in this game is is you think you'd be able to grind out enemies to find these materials to make your armor happen or created, crafted, but you don't. You kind of just do your thing, and if you get the items to craft a thing, great. If you don't, then whatever. Uh, let's see here. I won't spend too much more time on God of War here, but uh, yeah, it's super challenging, uh, very frustrating when you die a million times. I think I spent... Uh, th there's like these end game kind of side fighting bosses that you can do that are really hard called Valkyries. And I've spent, I remember staying up to like two in the morning where Laura's probably like, go to bed, go to bed. It's like two in the morning. Uh, and I'm like, no, I gotta, I gotta fight these Valkyries. I have a purpose in life. And it's just to beat this video game boss. And you know what? It's all worth it. It's all worth it. Uh, I'm just for context. I'm still playing this game. I'm I think I'm almost done. I already beat the main game. I just got to fight a couple more Valkyries here. Uh, but I'm, completely enjoying it. I am not one to go back to a video game after I finished it. This game, I, for some reason, just super compelled to just keep playing. Uh, Megan Murphy, you know what else is a fun video game? Animal Crossing. Uh, that's true, but not for the, you know, like the Animal Crossing for your phone. Like that game, oh, it's so frustrating. I wish it was better. I wish it was better. Uh, once it comes to Nintendo Switch, I'll be, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. I'll buy it first day. Uh, speaking of Nintendo Switch, a little side tangent. Is anyone excited for Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee, that like Pokemon Go companion game? I think it looks kind of cool. It might get me back to playing Pokemon Go, which is very dangerous because Laura likes to play Pokemon Go everywhere and she doesn't look up when she's playing. So I feel like she, we're both going to like ram into a fence or walk in like the highway because we're just trying to catch a Mewtwo or something. Uh, last thoughts I want to say about uh, God of War here, and I'll put up the spoiler alert once again. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. Little sound effect for spoilers. Bam. Um, is There's a part in the game where you get the Blades of Chaos. So like, ah, that's so exciting. The Blades of Chaos are like uh, Kratos' main chain fire blades that he gets. Uh, in the first like three four games and they're just really satisfying you kind of forget about that like at the beginning of the game you're like where's the blade is a chaos and then you get used to this amazing axe the leviathan axe badass name and you kind of forget about these blades of chaos so what an incredible moment when you like pick it up and you're like he just wraps the chains around his arms be like i don't want to do this but i guess i gotta throw my uh, wife's ashes to the wind i can't do it without these blades god damn it um so yeah and then he goes on to kick way more ass as you can see in the all these footage that we're having here uh spoilers at the end atreus is actually named loki 
which is fun. They're, my only exposure <laughs> to, as among all of you, Norse mythology is uh, the Avengers. So I'm like, Loki, oh, Tom Hiddleston's in this Tom Hiddleston stone, whatever, Stin, is in this game. That's funny. Uh, but I don't really, it's exciting. Atreus is Loki. What What could that mean for the future God of War series? Uh, speaking of Thor, uh, Thor makes a cameo at the very end of the at the game uh, where you return back home. And it's it's such a fun little thing. Uh, it makes you, you're just dying to know what happens for the future of this series and, uh, and or where it's going to go. So th- this game like blew my mind uh it's as good as everyone's saying it is uh, maybe it's not perfect I-, I would never give a if people's standard is 10 out of 10 has to be completely perfect i think that's just kind of a shitty scale i think oh 10 point scale should be one i don't care for it 10 i super recommend 10 i have nothing but good feelings about it you can criticize anything nothing is perfect but if you feel really good about something sure give it a 10 because in this game Hell, man, you like you see this giant serpent in the sky, uh, not sky, but in like in the background, it's always there. There's you fight a dragon, you fight a bunch of giants. Kratos kicks so much ass, uh, and the gameplay is just ridiculously uh, satisfying. Uh, let's check back on chat here. Let's do a little chitty chat. Uh oh, close this window. You guys are seeing too much of how the sausage is made. It is extremely difficult to live edit <laughs> and do this podcast and look at chat at the exact same time. Uh, let's see here. Tom Hiddlestone, seventh infinity stone, hashtag pop culture reference, Megan Murphy. Yes, Laura. <laughs> I love how Laura and Megan Murphy are having this, uh, just chat while I'm talking about God of War. It's great. It's great. This is not sarcasm, by the way. It sounds like sarcasm. It's not, it's not. I just love that you guys are literally just talking and catching up because I assume you don't get to catch up very often. So that's what this platform is for. It's not just talking about tongue tongue stuff. It's also where you guys get to talk about whatever with each other. And I think that's fun. The room where it happened. Hamilton. Hashtag Hamilton. Uh, okay, let's move on to the very final topic. Now, again, once again, this little break. I need a break. Brought to you by Kombucha. Brought to you by Ascobi. Here we go. Uh, just cleanse my palate a little bit. Just a little palate cleanser. Um, okay. Let's go on to the very final topic here. And let me just pull it up here. Alright. Here we go, everyone. We are talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. Okay. This movie we just saw last night, and, and my opinion of it might be kind of tampered a little bit because Laura and I went to see it at like what nine forty p.m. Uh, or like close to ten o'clock is when the movie actually started, uh, so we're kind of tired. Uh, we just played Ultimate Frisbee and and lost sadly. Great game, valiant effort, but we lost. Uh, and then we went to see Solo, which I was you know kind of excited for. Uh, I, the trailers really didn't do much for me kind of jumping into the uh, into the movie. So I had pretty tempered expectations. I heard that people liked it, but they didn't love it. And that's kind of what I was going off of. Um, so basically, when we went in, there was, I don't know, like I want to say there was maximum 20 people 
that was in the theater maximum and it's kind of sad because like solo literally came out like last week so it's kind of like oh it's not doing too well so i did some research here and i and i saw that uh solo did let's see in the box office it was 250 million to make this movie and it only pulled in 103 million and to most people you're like 103 million that's a fucking lot of money it's kind of not especially for a star wars movie uh just for context avengers infinity war opened to 630 million on opening weekend which is amazing that's like an anomaly like that's 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 crazy marvel deserves all that uh deadpool 2 earned 125 million right out the gate um but uh, for a Star Wars film, 103 million uh, worldwide, I believe, is is not very good. But that said, I, I I don't think it's it's not a terrible movie. People should go see this. If you're a Star Wars fan, you should go see this movie because the way they set up this movie, it really seems like they will plan for stuff in the future uh, and they put seeds in here that they can actually, even though it's like a prequel of Han Solo, they put a bunch of little Easter eggs here that probably will have rippling effects into other uh, Star Wars stories, uh, or maybe even in like the main trilogies that they'll be doing. Uh, let's start off with uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. I don't know how you say his name. Uh, I actually don't know this actor. Apparently he's in that Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar. Um, but, uh, is he a good solo? I'd say yes. He was, I thought he was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not one of those type of people who are like, there can only be one actor that plays this one character forever. And after that character doesn't want to do it anymore, then we got to ax that character, uh, character forever, blah, blah, blah. No, uh, Alden, I thought did a great job as an optimistic Han Solo, a young Han Solo. Uh, so he was fine. He was fine. I heard he needed a lot of, uh, coaching lessons but i think he kind of nailed it by the end of it like i was completely on board with his acting throughout the film it was completely fine uh big standout obviously is donald glover that guy has been getting lots of love lately uh and for good reason this guy is like a multi-talented freaking all-star uh donald glover zlando obviously he pays off he he's he's just a good character he just knows how to act donald glover crazy guy I, look at me, I'm stuttering because I just love him so much. Uh, community, great show. Uh, Childish Gambino, great music. Uh, anyways, I digress. Uh, so we have a lot of fun with his character. Uh, but the only criticism I would have is since he did such a good job, I wanted to see more of him, but I guess there isn't enough time for that. Uh, general vibe of the movie, like I kind of had a hard time. Like I didn't know what to expect from this movie. I thought it was going to be straight up fun hijinks and just comedy is what they were going for uh and, and it was a funny movie but i didn't really laugh out loud per se much at all i would say like i was, I was expecting like thor ragnarok kind of level or to a or bigger extent maybe like guardians of the galaxy type of humor uh but we had a really cheeky kind of cheesy jokes throughout the movie uh so the humor was fine but it made me smile. It didn't make me chuckle that out out loud, except for say for a couple parts. Uh, there's a lot of like, you know, heavy stuff going on in the movie too. So I feel like it was hard to balance their drama versus humor, and I I just couldn't find what tone they were ending up going with, which makes me really curious what Phil Lord and Chris Miller would have done if they had their hands on the movie. 
if they had their hands on the movie, I thought they were the creators of Lego Movie and Twenty One Jump Street and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Clone High. Um, I thought it was going to be more of like a comedy movie, but I read today that it might have been a grittier movie in their hands. So I don't really know what they would have done, but I would have been curious. But, you know, Ryan Howard is a completely competent director. He's been around forever. God knows what he's doing. I'm impressed they he was able to even save this project. He went on board eight days after uh, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller quit or got fired. So eight day turnaround to kind of fix up the movie. That's pretty good. Uh, let's see. Let's check in with chat. It's been a while. It's been a while. Will there be a VOD of this? Um, yes. I don't know. We'll see. Tyler Furness, friend of the show, friend of the show. Uh, Donald Glover, Megan Murphy is, she has cat heart emojis. <laughs> um, let's keep going. The train heist movie that you kind of see in the, uh, the trailer. Um, honestly, I was kind of really excited about it because everyone's like, it's a train heist part of the movie the train heist heist part of the movie uh and you watch it and you're like yeah that was that was okay that was all right like i i i don't know i i guess i might have been overhyped about that part of the movie but it was completely fine the train is kind of cool as you can see up here there's a little bit of action going on and the train kind of like goes horizontal and vertical which seems pretty impractical for a train to do but whatever it would be practical if there was mountains and stuff to go through but literally it would just go sideways for no reason that uh, train architecture am i right um there is woody harrelson too he has a character named beckett uh who i don't know how i feel like i love woody harrelson but i feel like recently he's just been doing his woody harrelson thing and and that's completely fine like he's great but i don't know he didn't blow me away in this movie uh his twist quote unquote at the end of the movie uh is seen from a mile of away uh mile away uh he does this thing where he like spins his guns around like during in a big war zone like he's literally in a huge war zone right lots of cloud and smokes going around like the impracticality of spinning your gun just for like cool effect is kind of hilarious because no one can see you do that except for the movie watchers and you're not tricking anybody that is in the war, I guess. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of silly. And then Han's like, teach me how to do that. So um, they have a part in the movie where how Han got his name, and which I thought was supposed to be like a big moment in the movie. And I was like, yeah, that's one way to handle how he got his name. I never even thought about that Han never, like his, like, I guess Solo was never his last name. It just, it just came to be, uh, I won't spoil how it happens. It's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's completely fine. It's completely fine. Um, let's see here. What else do we want to say? Uh, Amelia Clark, uh, mother of dragons, if you will, queen of the Andals. I was trying to think of all her titles. Uh, she, you got her. Uh, Laura made a good point. She said uh, that Star Wars films lately has been getting a lot of British female actors, actresses. So we have Daisy Ridley, we have Felicity Jones, and now we have Amelia Clark. Uh, and I guess Amelia Clark signed on for a multi-story deal with uh, Star Wars, but nothing is set in stone with that either. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Like, I, she, I like her as a person i like her as an actor uh, as a person as like every all the videos i've seen with her it like just uh 
commentary and interviews with her. She seems like a really funny person. And then i watching her on the big screen. She does a fine job, but her character in the movie, I, I, it was all right. It was okay. I guess nothing to complain about. Uh, I was just afraid that she was just going to be just the love interest in the movie. Turns out she has a little bit more going for her, uh, which they don't exactly fully explain to. So that's the thing is that this movie does a lot, but also kind of just stays the same. It doesn't really add too much to the past or the canon that you kind of just like, hey, the Kessel Run happened. How did it happen? Uh, He won the Millennium Falcon. How did that happen? Uh, Speaking of that scene where Han finally wins the Millennium Falcon uh, at a game of Sabacc with Lando Calrissian is was probably my favorite part of the movie, I would say. Let's see here. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the little spoilers icon here. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoiler sound here. Bam, bam. Uh, that's... Okay. Let, let, let's go on to talk about um, how Han won the Millennium Falcon. So he kind of like plays the game of Sabacc. It's a quite, it was like a Yu-Gi-Oh thing where like he hugs Lando, steals the card, and he's like... Because uh, Lando was cheating by having like this robot kind of card holder, and uh, it baffles me that nobody's seen him have that before. Uh, but anyways, uh, Han catches him in uh, a lie and steals the card from him, and boom, he wins. Uh, another big spoiler part that I wanted to get to was the introduction or reintroduction of Darth freaking Maul. So that's probably like the biggest like, wow, Darth Maul's in this movie. That's insane. That's uh, that's great. Uh, I guess in the animated shows, which I haven't really watched, um, Darth Maul has been alive for this entire time, and all that animated stuff has been approved as canon now, like the Clone Wars and uh, Star Wars Rebels. So it's been well known for a long time that Darth Maul had lived, like being cut in half by Obi Wan. Uh, but it's cool to see him in like the actual movies now, where he has like a robot leg. He looks a lot older, uh, and. Kira, uh, Amelia Clark's character, turns out uh, was was working for Darth Maul this entire time and killing Paul Bettany's character Dryden, uh, which the entire time I can think of all I can think about was Dryden Ontario. Uh, they they were working for Darth Maul the entire time. Uh, and just quickly on Paul Bettany, I just thought like the depiction of his bad guy was all right but like throughout the movie i think my biggest problem is that i just didn't i didn't know what they were what the stakes were in the movie it it didn't feel like it was too heavy like i i didn't like not like compare rogue one my favorite star wars movie rogue one had like this big thing like this is life or death we gotta steal these plans because the empire like they're they're fucking us up we gotta steal these plans because these this is our only hope in this movie you're like all right we gotta steal this uh mcguffin in order to pay off this bad guy who works for another bad guy, which we don't find out till later. And Paul Bettany, the bad guy we think is the bad guy is kind of uh, not really there the entire movie. So I just don't feel like there's a lot of stakes that are happening. Uh, Lots of cool moments, but didn't feel like that emotional pull of what they were doing. Um, uh, One more thing on Paul Bettany is he, (laughs) I thought it was a kind of fun style choice where he wears like a suit, but like, half of his suit is also a cape so on its left side or right side it's just like suit cape suit cape so (laughs) thought that was kind of fun uh let's see here l3 the robot a little snarky wise robot your c3po your k2so 
I have mixed feelings about, honestly. I saw her. It's it's fun. There's a female robot. She says some fun stuff. Maybe the audience in the theater was kind of the reason why I didn't find her that great. But all of her lines didn't really do anything for me. So uh, she was completely fine. But eh, I wasn't... She wasn't set up well enough for me to think that, like, oh, she is like an important character to die. Like she dies and Lando holds her and there's a kind of supposed to be an emotional weight to it, but she get in, she gets introduced really quickly and she dies really quickly. She has a couple snarky remarks in between and that's kind of it. So I kind of mixed feelings about her. Um, I'm glad they have a female robot cause that's awesome. And she does say some really funny stuff, but I don't know. It just didn't, the humor didn't hit as hard for me as like say K2SO Alan Tudyk's robot robot did. Um, Am I any other things that I wanted to talk about? Yeah, I don't know. I like I said, the 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 movie was fine. I just think it was kind of predictable the entire way. Uh, you can see Amelia Clark's character kind of betraying Paul Bettany's character, like from a mile away, uh, and the twist of Woody Harrelson's character at the end also wasn't that interesting. Fun to see Han shoot first. It's fun to see him go from optimistic kind of pilot into like this kind of cynical uh burglar uh what do you outlaw if you will uh and so you kind of you do get to see that journey throughout the movie it's just i think it could have been handled better but then again i think this movie could have been handled a lot worse so i'm, I'm happy that it exists uh, i think people should still watch it uh and last thing i'll say about this movie is uh i think that there's something about john williams music that is it's crazy. It just makes everything in the movie <laughs> seem more kind of intense and just better overall. So like I was thinking like halfway through the movie, I'm like, if I was to watch this movie without that music, what would this movie be like? And I was like, it probably wouldn't be half as good. So kudos to John Williams and his his awesome Star Wars music. Once again, let's see. Tongue dinners in 10 minutes. All right. Ooh, I better get going. Obi-Wan takes him out in two swings. So I don't really care. He's back right now. <laughs> um Right, 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 right. Uh, all right. So I better start wrapping this up because uh, Laura's calling me. This episode went on a little bit longer than I thought it would. And it's really hot in this room. It's it's extremely hot in this room. I'm sweating buckets here. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for joining us on the very first episode of Talking Tongue. Does anyone want to say stuff? Want any, any shout outs in the audience here? You know what? I shout out to you people. Thank you for indulging me in this. I had a lot of fun. Uh, this is going to be a monthly show. I'm going to post it on uh, YouTube. Uh, I'll post the whole video on Facebook or whatever. I, like Again, I'm going to try to make that, uh, what am I saying? The podcast feed for it. And yeah, that's it. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Talking Tongue. Have a good one. I'm really excited about June, by the way. June, E3's coming up. The Incredibles 2, Jurassic World. That might be good. I don't know. Um, video games, Mario Tennis. Um, I think there's some good stuff in the horizon. I'm excited for this show. Thanks again, friends. See you later.